When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant walls automotive group walls.com and doug sprinthal Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking. So when you're backing up, you hit the screen, and it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle. It is, And it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right. Be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. <laughs> so, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Oh, this is a real uplifting song. Very quiet. It's really, really, really quiet. Speak the hell up, Pink Floyd. Or not. Mother, do you think there you like this song? <laughs> oh, my God. That, well, that cheers you right up. It is Pink Floyd. <laughs> All right. They're not the most cheerful band in the world. There you go. Thank you very much. 
In any case, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another show. The women are not here today. Alex is uh, getting her hair cut, and Catherine is waiting at home for our couch that we ordered four months ago to be delivered. Oh, it's finally coming? Finally coming after oh, four months. Did they finally make it? I don't know what they with, with this COVID thing. Nothing you get. It takes months to get anything. Jeez. I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. It's just the way life is. Yeah, four months ago, they put it on the truck to drive it. Truck drivers are out and about. They're not getting COVID. They're in their truck. Yeah, well, that's true. It is true. I don't know why they didn't, but they didn't, and that's just the way life goes. It just it is. Pretty amazing. So, for the record, it's a fraternal show today. A fraternal. Mm-hmm. Any female guests or woman guests? Uh, no. Nope, both men. No. Oh, musicians though. They're both music people, so that's good. Ah, <laughs> uh, ladies, you, you know, I'm just looking at the. Oh, by the way, today on the KQ Morning Show, I have an all-time record on the show after 30, what, 35 years almost to being on the show. We're in our 35th year right now of being on the KQ Morning Show. I got a text saying that I was uh, uh, so far right, I sound just like L- Rush Limbaugh. Is Rush Limbaugh even on the air still? Yeah, he is, but not I, for long. I, I haven't heard think. anything about him in like 15 years. Well, I think he's dying. Oh, that's right. He is, isn't he? <clears throat> I think he is, yeah. I'm not sure. He's got something not great His going His show on. still is huge. got millions and millions of listeners. But um, so, yeah, they said that I, that I sounded like Rush Limbaugh. Mm. And then about 20 minutes later... I got a text message that said, my God, you're far left. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, apparently I can't win. I got no shot at making it out on either side of this deal. But but I suppose if you're really, really far right, you're going to think I'm far left. And if you're far left, you're going to think I'm far right because I'm pretty moderate, actually. I mean, I'm opinionated. That might be one of the things. Like, I think the, the reason that that one person got mad at me and called me Rush Limbaugh because I said that AOC is a moron. Because AOC is a moron. Yeah. I, Sorry. I mean, this woman is in it for the money, and there is no question. She, how you can fall for her crap? She's in it for the money. Understand well, that. Yeah. yeah. And the more outrageous she is, the more money she will get. She's going to yeah. get more fall. It, oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's an insinuation that she's, she's just looking for a reality show when she... Is out of oh, office. No doubt about it. She'll be getting a reality show. I'm sure that's true. It'll probably be on Netflix because yeah. Netflix is embracing that whole deal now. Yeah. But in any case, you know, God bless her. You do what you do. But for you to believe that she actually gives a rat's ass about this is ridiculous. Well, for you to believe that uh, any politician gives a rat's ass well, about anything. Well, I mean, that's yeah. very, very true. I mean, that, that, that's, that, that, that's in the blood. It's flowing in the, the arteries and veins of those people. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't listen to much, much of anything they say and believe. No. Well, and I think another thing with you know, this whole Roger Stone thing, you know, he got clemency. He did not. He did not get a sentence thrown out. He got clemency. That's a whole different deal than wiping out the crime. He still committed the crime. He's still a criminal. Yeah. He's just not going to do that. What is it? Four years in prison or, or whatever it is. I, I don't know. You know, I, I was talking about that whole situation. And they're like, oh, giving clemency to this guy. It's like Barack Obama gave clemency to 1,710 people, yeah, including terrorists. Honestly, I don't think the president should be able to do that. I couldn't agree more. It doesn't make sense that they can just decide, nope, you're uh, not serving your time anymore. It's like they're not judges, you know, they're not lawyers, they're not anything having to do with the judiciary system at all. So why do they get that power? 
It's very strange. It is very strange. And by the way, people who just heard me say that, some of them are going to hear me hear hear me that I that I supported Roger Stone when I didn't. I've pointed out very clearly he's still a criminal. You know who the hell he is. And some of the people are going to think that I supported uh, supported. Uh, uh, liberals, because I talked about Barack Obama giving clemency to 1,710 people. So it's the, it's what you hear. It's not necessarily what I say. That's right. What you want to hear and how you want to project and project your feelings and your beliefs on what you hear. Yeah. It, it's all about that. And you only want to listen to things that you want to hear. You don't want to hear, uh, you know, if you're conservative, you don't want to go on NPR and hear the, the liberal viewpoint. And if you're uh, the 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 paranoid uh, liberals you don't want to go you don't certainly don't want to listen to rush limbaugh you don't want to listen to fox news no. you don't want to listen to this alternate uh editorial no, comment certainly. well i actually when i go on the internet i like to seek out not not fringe but you know not moderate viewpoints from both sides because i do like to hear what people are you know thinking that's exactly saying. right andy that's smart i like to i go on you know, very, very left-wing areas and very, very right-wing areas. So, so do I, I yeah. Kind of get, you know, a barometer of how the whole political environment is going and, you know. So, so those are all on the dark web? Not dark, not dark <laughs> web, dark, dark bad. Web. Oh, you mean like the Nazis? You don't go to the Nazis? <laughs> you don't go to the Nazis? I don't know what the Nazis think, so. Yeah. <laughs> you don't go exactly. that far right, yeah, or you don't exactly. go to the communist website yeah, that far yeah. left. Yeah, I don't need to ask the Nation of Islam what their opinion is, because I already know it. You know that guy that was executed this morning, that David Lewis Day or whatever his name is, David Lewis Day is his name, I think. I don't understand why he killed an arms dealer or a gun dealer and his wife and their daughter because he was establishing a far right, uh, a far right colony in Idaho. So what the hell's that got to do with a guy in Arkansas? Selling guns. Well, his name wasn't David Lewis Day. So it wasn't. I'm trying to find out what you're talking about. It wasn't about. David Lewis Day. I thought for sure that was his name. Anyone on the uh, chat know what he's talking about? David Lewis Day? He was executed this morning. Daniel Day Lewis? Daniel Day Lewis. That's it. No, it's... Uh, here we go. His name is... Uh, come on. Where is your name? Your, here's the story. Where is the name? Jesus Christ, would you just show me his name? Um, his, uh, his, na- his last name is Lee. Where the hell is his Lee. name in this story? It's Daniel yep. Daniel Lewis Lee. Daniel Lewis That's Lee. what it is. Not Day, it's Daniel Lewis Lee. I think you were thinking of Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> probably so, was. Yeah. Daniel Lewis Lee is his name. And So this is in Idaho? Um, or Arkansas? Well, he killed an Arkansas, Arkansas family. Yeah. So it might be in Arkansas. No, Indiana. They executed him in Indiana. So it must, he probably, oh, it was a federal execution because it was across state lines. That's right. why. <clears throat> exactly. So he got, they handed him his ass Ooh. in Indiana. So he was a white supremacist, and then he stopped being a white supremacist, and then he killed someone. Okay, so what he's I'm thinking, hearing is you ought to stay a white supremacist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anecdotal experience. Maybe you just stay a white supremacist. You know, when you were a white supremacist, you didn't kill anybody. <laughs> yeah. You were a good guy. All of a sudden, you're even keel and you're killing people. <laughs> people are insane. When are we going to understand that? A high number. You're a doctor. What do you think the percentage of people who are seriously mentally ill is in America? 100 Oh, 100%. Oh, seriously, seriously, mental ill and mental illness 
you know, a way less than maybe 5%. But people that have some sort of illness that's being treated, you know, I would say 75%. So they're not thinking clearly. Yeah. You know, they're... If 75%. We, I, I, well, I'm, I'm just saying, based on the patients uh, that I see, but I, I may see a skewed population, people that are, that are taking something for an antidepressant. Oh, God, or, so you would not believe how many people are on antidepressants. Or people that are, you know, you know, it's, it's just, you just, there's mind-altering drug or alcohol. That's the other thing. And alcohol is a mind-altering drug it is, yeah. that people yep. will treat themselves with. Uh, you can even talk about cigarettes as being a mind-altering drug. People that with psychosis. Well, and even smoke. this, I mean, caffeine in the soda, it alters the way I think. It is psychoactive, technically. It is, yeah. yeah. Except for me, because I'm not lucky enough. <laughs> you mean you're not you're not lucky enough for what? Oh, the caffeine doesn't do anything. I wish to you it woke all. me up, but it doesn't. Looks, yeah, it, yeah it's uh, anywhere from about. Eight to twenty-five percent, depending on who you're polling, uh, are using psychiatric drugs. Yeah, but it depends on how. Well, of course, that that depends on how you define psychiatric drugs. If you broaden, true, I think yeah. this is prescription. Or prescription, you know. But if you broaden the list, you know, it is. It may, it's it's seventy eighty percent. Oh God, yeah. You know, and every person who drinks in excess is self-medicating. You don't do that unless yeah, you're self-medicating. Yeah, you're, 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 try, you're trying to clear or your mind like of something. someone who yep. smokes weed every day, that's self-medicating. Okay, so 80% of the people in the United States are on psychiatric drugs. No. Is that... Well, oh, well, if you're including alcohol and weed, then I would say 80 And cigarettes is probably, and caffeine. I mean, it's just, I'd say yeah. that's a low ball then, but yeah. Yeah, low ball at 80%. Yet we want to go without a police department. What a great idea. <laughs> well, that makes sense. That's clear thinking right well, there. Well, God, remember what happened the last time the government tried to ban alcohol? The entire oh, country God, yeah. just murdered yeah. each other. <laughs> well, that's what's going to happen again. They're going to have to realize. And again, if you if you get rid of the cops, the people that are going to get slaughtered are poor black people in the inner city. Because it's going to be a turf war like you ain't going to believe. That's well, right. yeah. You aren't even going to believe yeah. the turf wars that go on. I looked, I looked up uh, in Chicago, since you brought it up, I looked up uh, the number of uh, people that were killed at the St. Valentine's Day massacre that we hear about all the time. Everybody seems to know about it. It's yeah. not that much, is it? Seven. Seven. Yeah. There were seven. They're yeah. killing seven every weekend. They might, probably, they might be killing twice as much every week. In Chicago, one-year-old kid. More than that, yeah. yeah. One-year-old got shot to death uh, yesterday. You know, or, excuse and, me, Sunday. You know, the the news, newspaper in Minneapolis is uh, giving the line score for uh, COVID cases. You know, uh, total number, mm-hmm. total number diagnosed, uh, uh, no total number dead. And there's another in that line score that that three uh, that triptych that they always want to report. They should really should start uh, reporting the line score of uh, Chicago deaths. Uh, just to see that. I mean, I it, couldn't it, agree it's more. Let's see. How a many, horrible thing. How many days has it been in this year so far? So let's see. It's a what seven days. 210. It's like <laughs> about 220, we'll say. Yeah, pretty close. Right, about there. 220. So in Chicago alone, nine people have been shot every day this year. Nine every day. Yeah. 1,800 people. Uh, 2,000 people. 2,000 people. Oh, that's right. You Yeah, okay. 2,000 people have been shot in Chicago. Yep. Just this year. And how many died? Uh, 358. If you want to learn like something. Two a day. If you want to learn something, it sounds like a joke site, but it's not. HeyJackass.com. It's got all of this information Does on it Chicago. really? HeyJackass.com. Shot and killed, shot and wounded, shot by police, police shot, you know. 
we got to take a break because we got to get to Ronald Bell coming yes, up. We do. We'll be back with the family. Tom Bernard with the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski, who just so happens to be a very good friend of mine. If you're trying to get me to give you some shots on the golf course next time, it's not going to work, Tom. Well, it was worth a shot. So, from refinancing your home to small business loans or just a new checking account, you are a locally owned community bank. So what does that mean to folks listening, Michael? We take pride in individually crafted and customized solutions for your business with quick response times to all our customers, Tom. If you're tired of talking to pre-recorded voices and the wait times that can be forever, we answer the phone in Roseville, Edina, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. Plus, if it's important for your banker to know who you are, that's us, because we're your neighbor. So you're easy to find in a place people can trust. I learned that from personal experience, you know. Next year, I'll give you a couple shots on the front nine. Well, who am I to say no? Why not bank with my family's banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. My friend Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, fit me for my very own my pillow, and I haven't stopped raving about them since. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. Made in the USA. If you don't have a MyPillow or know someone who doesn't, now is the time. Because for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows, yes, the one that started it all, for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98, regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more, by the way. Folks, now is the time to buy. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, but they are the best Christmas gifts ever. $29.98 for a queen-size premium my pillow. Buy now, and Mike will extend his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. I'm rocking out, man. Rocking out, no doubt about it. So yeah, we're cool in the game. We got it all figured out. Gonna oh, play a little good Jungle Boogie, man. Jungle Boogie, out the boogie. Get up over to get down. <laughs> I love Cool in the Gang. Did they, write, so great. did they write all their music or was it? Yeah, pretty sure. Uh, Robert and Ronald, I think, wrote all. Of them. I can ask him. Huh. Well, you can ask him. I can right ask now. him right now, Mr. <laughs> Ronald Bell. How are you, sir? I'm fine. How are you? Uh, I am terrific now that you're here. You're you're talking to one of your biggest fans in the entire world. Wow. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> oh, you've heard that before, I bet. Sounds like somebody, you've heard that from one or two people before, huh? Well, maybe one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one at a time. Cool and the Gang, this is, uh, this is pretty amazing. Cool and the Gang, a celebration of 50 years of hit-making and touring as the world's longest-running R&B group are taking on a new persona as uh, animated characters. So your your character must be looking good, huh, Ronald? My character? I'm, I'm the one with the shades on. <laughs> there you go. You're, yeah, very cool. Absolutely. Cool and yeah. Oh, you know, Ronald, i got to get one piece of information out of the way right away because you made me look like a hero in 1973, and I'll tell you why. Because I was living with a... With a 
a black family. I'm a white guy, but I was living with a black family. Victor and Gail Treadwell in Grand, For- Grand Forks, North Dakota. Victor was in the Air Force. And I told him something about Jungle Boogie. And he came home from the disco at that time and said, man, you made me a hero. I look like a genius compared to everybody else. You know what the tip was that I gave him, Ronald? What was that? Soon as Tarzan yells, stop dancing. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like a genius compared to everybody else. <laughs> they, they didn't know that. <laughs> they did not know when Tarzan hollered, it's time for the song to be over. You know, this funny thing about that Tarzan yell and the, and the Jungle Boogie, what it was was I when I was in Youngstown, I was very young, and they had this show on called Susie Side Saddle. And whoever came on there would win a bike if they could sing, they'd yell like Tarzan. <laughs> so it was like a joke for me. <laughs> I yelled like Tarzan on there because it was just funny. It was a mindless thing I did on the end of that Jungle Boogie. Oh, but just... that's where the Tarzan yell came from. So, like I said, Victor Treadwell and Tom Bernard, you... You made it, I, I, because I heard you, and then I told him he looked like a genius. So he was very grateful for that, and he always will be, Ronald. <laughs> he looked like he knew what the hell he was doing. Ronald, how, were you 13 when Cool and the Gang started? No, I was actually, well, we, I was 64. Yeah, I mean, in 1964, I was around 13, yeah. Yeah. I think I was born in 51, so yeah, 12 or 13, somewhere around. It. That is so we what? I started in 64. And then when we got the cooling gang, I was nineteen, right, uh, seventeen or eighteen, something like that. Absolutely. So ba- basically, you made a good career choice at thirteen years old. Uh, I think so. Hindsight <laughs> twenty twenty. <laughs> you know, yeah. Hindsight yeah. twenty twenty. You're absolutely right. I, uh, yeah. I don't what. Cool in the Gang was a very special kind of, you know, it was R&B, obviously, but it was a very special kind of R&B because there was some great music, there was some great singing, there were, you know, there were effects in it. It had wonderful dance music. Some of Cool in the Gang's music, just wonderful dance music. You guys covered it all. Uh, you did, from top to bottom. You did a great job with your album. How many albums did you do total? Uh, I think it's 33. 33. Yeah, what, what, some of those are like greatest hits, but it's 33. I think it's wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, the combined animated live-action series set to eventually comprise 10 episodes will debut, preview, and celebration of Black Music Month, which it did. Uh, first two episodes, Dirt, Poor, and Cool, and The Real Gang. I think it, the whole thing is absolutely terrific. I, I absolutely do <laughs> love your work. It's a, you guys always had, you were like fun always, I noticed. There was always fun. Even though it was like a, maybe a, a ballad or whatever, there was, you were still having fun. Loved it. Well, thank you. <clears throat> so I want to hear your take on the whole thing, on your career, on how you've loved it, the ups, the downs. I'd like to hear everything you have to say, sir. Well, um, first of all, we had no idea or clue that this would turn out like this. And I always wanted to, you know, I've always loved music since, a, you know, a young child. My father brought home Miles Davis and Dave Brubeck. Dave oh, Brubeck, yeah. You know, yeah. Under All the Turk. Those were the two two albums that I kind of remember at that young age. Because I could barely walk. Because I could, you know, I, I remember I couldn't barely stand up to see how the record was going around on the, on the turntable. Mm-hmm. So that, that's how far back it goes. So round about midnight. And, and the second side on the B side of that roundabout midnight album by Miles Davis, it was Bye Bye Blackbird. 
tone. I remember that melody. And I remember Blue Rondo a la Turk from that day, Blue Back album, uh, Take Five. Right. I remember Take Five. But Great the, album. The Blue Rondo a la Turk was more mm-hmm. interesting to me. And uh, Bye Bye Blackbird, of course, <laughs> interested me on that, on that uh, Round About Midnight album. But I've always been in music, always loved music. My family, uh, I found out recently that my grandfather was a master mechanic as well as a master musician. And there was music in the house all the time. And then I later found out that my uh, father, well, he was, he's a, a prize fighter or, you know, back in the 50s. And Miles and him used to train at the same gym on 64th Street there. And my mother used to tell me stories about Theolonia playing the piano. And then she told me that had anything happened to my father, Theolonia's monk would have been Cool's uh, uh, godfather, so to speak. So there was music all around all the time. That is a war. And then, you know, my uncles played Motown and a little bit of soap. That's so long in my, excuse me, my aunt made, she used to like Ray Charles. And I used to hear Crying Time Again by Ray Charles all the time. And, you know, growing up, when we finally got to Jersey, excuse me, when we finally got to Jersey uh, and started playing music, uh, I, I met my first good friend was Spike, Robert Spike Mickens, the late Robert Spike Mickens. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started listening to uh, John Coltrane, uh, <clears throat> Art Brakely and the Jazz Messengers, Sonny Rollins, you know, Freddie Hubbard, Sonny Clark, all, all of these right. musicians. That was our first introduction to the music. And then we uh, we were hired to do this um, Motown wannabe, like, called the Soul Town Band, and there we learned how to play all the R&B music. You know, backing up bands wanted to be people who wanted to play. You know, wanted to sing like The Temptations and Martha Reeves and Dionne Warwick. So we learned all of that music as well. So by the time we got through with that, uh, then we just morphed into having that background from the jazz and the Motown. And then we started listening to James Brown, Sly Stone, and War, and all those groups like that. Santana, and then we just morphed into Cool and the Gang in 1969. And then from there on, uh, two albums, three albums later, our music is the message we were producing ourselves. And that was our first uh, Maiden Voyage uh, album, Music is the Message. And then from there on, Mr. Album, next album, <laughs> well, the first album that we got our goal with was Wild and Peaceful. Mm-hmm. That's where, you know, Jungle Boogie came in at. Oh, what a great album. That whole album is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, it wasn't on purpose. That one wasn't on purpose. <laughs> but <we> got, okay. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was like, okay, here's your hit music. Because right after Wild and Peaceful, we did Light of Worlds. It didn't sound anything like, you know, Wild and Peaceful. So we, we weren't really trying to copycat ourselves, so to speak. Right. It was always music, then we went on and on, and then morphed into the disco world. You know, we got, we got lucky with the Saturday Night Fever, with the Open Sesame, which is, <laughs> to me, is my greatest accomplishment at a home, as a horn player, because that, it has intricate parts, like the Blue Round of Our Turk or the Nutcracker, you know, and if you listen very closely, mm-hmm. you hear that in Open Sesame. And then on, uh, we needed a lead singer after that, because we were an instrumental band, primarily in the 70s. And then after that, we decided, or someone told us, we were on tour with the Jacksons and uh, Dick Griffey was, I guess he was a promoter. 
because we needed needs a lead singer because, you know, you had Maurice White, you had Lionel Richie, you know, the leader. They had lead singers. And we incorporated that with uh, James Taylor in the band. And we started writing, like, crossover pop songs. And then from there on, you know, it ran seven years, I guess. And then hip-hop showed up. <laughs> right. Like, we know we were the most sample band in hip-hop history. James Brown being a number one sample artist, we were the number one sample band. And uh, I guess because of the instrumentals. And then that carried us on through, uh, through that all the way up to the 90s. And then um, through the 90s and to 2000 <clears throat> and on through 2000 until now. And here we are, 2020, and we're deciding to do a documentary. We didn't want to do a doc like everybody's doc, so we uh, did a little something different. We want to tell a story about cool. Before we were cool in the game, there was a real cool in the game. So that was the story. One foot in the music, one foot out, and until we just decided we're going to do music. And we were going to, you know, make music. Some of us are classically, not classically trained, but some of us had formal training and no, most of us didn't. It was all by ear. Oh, it's just fantastic. <clears throat> it's absolutely fantastic music. You know, Ronald, great thing for me. I know, I know you got to get going, and I'll make this very, very quick. But I, I had loved talking to, to talking to you about uh, music. I've been a big fan forever, and uh, uh, you're six days older than I am. I was born November seventh, oh, the yeah. same year. Oh, you know, seven, no seven. Yep, November seventh. That's exactly right. Same year, November 7th. You're six days older than me, so thanks for being born earlier than me so I could enjoy your music. I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know. I, didn't, I had anything for, thanks for you being on radio and, and being a uh, supportive all these years. So I guess, you know, we're connected uh, in the universe. You're damn right, sir. So we're looking, I look forward to the next time I talk to you. Thank you, Ronald. Okay, let me hear you yell like Tarzan. <laughs> I can go, oh, 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 oh. Not as good That's as you. Way better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I can do this there. Get up, and, boy, to get I down. I didn't win the prize. <laughs> the other guy won. I didn't. didn't sound nothing like Tarzan. Uh, guy thought you sounded he perfect. Didn't sound nothing like Tarzan, but he won the prize. But uh, while the, the album we were talking about earlier, Wild and Peaceful, if you want to hear a great R&B album, that entire album is phenomenal. So, ladies and gentlemen, go out and get it. Thank you, sir. Hope we talk again very soon. Uh, thank you, too, Eddie. Thank you so much. Bye. We'll be back with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. 
It's called Turn the Page. I thought you'd get Jungle Boogie for me, Andy. I really did. Jungle Boogie. This is a great song, though, too. It's a magnificent song. Andy, do you watch, what, what do you watch on television? you watch any particular TV shows? Uh, not really. You don't really? Yeah. Now, how about you, Ralph? you watch no. any particular shows? No, we typically watch a series on Amazon or Netflix and yeah. whatnot. We were mm. watching recently. We were watching Alone. It's What's Alone. It's a very it's a I find the interesting kind of premise. What they do is they take uh, ten people, they take them and they drop them in the middle of the wilderness. And they have they can select oh, a handful yeah. of stuff, mm. drop them in the middle of the wilderness. So I says, okay, last person standing gets five hundred thousand dollars, half a million dollars. Wow. Really? They drop them off. They have no idea how long they're going to be there, and they're out there and they have to take care of themselves. And it is a so it's kind of like Survivor, but less fake. Oh, it's 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 not fake at all. Where these people have to well, the the most recent one they dropped them off in uh, in Canada in the Arctic, Canadian Arctic, mm. uh, and they dropped them off uh, mid fall, and they, they these people were out there for almost ninety days. Oh God! Well, it was, it was almost <clears throat> eighty days, or just over eighty days. They were out there, so they went into winter, and they had to feed themselves. Two of the people, two or three of the people, had to be taken away because they were starving to death. Oh God! Wonderful. I mean, it is a fascinating kind of a thing, and it's just—it's the idea that they are out there, and it's not like Survivor or things like that where they have support and, and all that sort of stuff. No, this is where you're out there, and that's all they got. They have to film themselves, and that's all they got. So they it's have, like naked and afraid almost, but better because but they don't better. know how long they're going to be out there. Naked and afraid. There's a time limit. That's true. That's oh, thing. really? So there is a time limit on Naked Enterprise? Yes. Yeah. So they're out, you're going to be out there for 90 days. You're going to be out there for 30 days or whatever. No, these people are out there until you either get the money or you tap out. So, yeah, wow. that's, what, that's what we've been watching. And then, of course, Bosch, waiting for the next season. But, yeah, we're, we're, we only just started watching it because Catherine was talking to Lindsay about oh, it. Oh, man, that's it. I've always liked Titus Welliver anyway. I like Titus Welliver a lot, the star of the show. It's a really, really good show. We started watching the show last night. It was on, I believe, Amazon. <clears throat> I think it's on Amazon. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. I, but uh, we started watching a show called, um, oh, God, what the hell is it? Mark Ruffalo is the executive producer. He stars in it as twin brothers. This I Know is True. Okay. I think it's called This I Know is True. It's about these two brothers. One has got uh, paranoid schizophrenia. Their dad deserts them. Another guy marries their mother and starts beating the piss out of the boys. And then mom dies when they've, they've grown up. This is one of the most intense shows I've ever seen. I mean, my God. It's Juliette Lewis is in it, uh, at least the first episode, and she's incredibly good in it. The acting in it, Mark Ruffalo, no matter, you, obviously he's a nut job politically, but that guy can act, man. What an actor. You know that that kind of a show, and it's you hear see that sort of show, and you don't want to think that people's lives can be like that, but people's lives can be like that. Oh, and, there's no question I mean, about it. Your, your your past history alone, you you have sort of a sort of a glimpse into that window of a psychiatric or a psychotic parent, right. and that is a it's just part of that. But then all these other things, and there are a number of people who are in that situation as children, and I don't know how you help those people. Once they're adults, I you mean, got I think, no shot. I wor- you worry. <laughs> You're I wor- right. How can you help them? 
how, how can you reach out and just try to make their life a little bit easier uh, socially and psychiatrically because they're just messed up? You know what, Kath, by coincidence, <clears throat> you know what Catherine said when the mom died? Because the boys, the twins were very close to their mother, and she was kind of kind of weak and feeble anyway. You could just tell her her new husband was probably not that nice to her either. Haven't seen any evidence to that yet, but a possibility. <clears throat> so the mother dies, and one twin has to go to the other twin. The, the, the even-keel twin has to go to the paranoid schizophrenic twin and tell them that their mom died. And Catherine said, Phew. she goes like that. She goes, Phew. I said, what's that all about? She goes, do you realize, watching this, that if your mother had died then, you would have been a murderous psychopath by now. <laughs> and I said, you know, you might. she might be right about that. The anger level that I would have had of losing my mother and my father and all this other stuff that went on, I would have probably gone nuts. I probably would have. Yeah, you could have had a psychotic break. Just the stress of that or, or near psychotic break or, you know, you would have gone, you would have gone over the deep end. So as my mother would have said, you would have just gone over the deep end. I mean, that's... You know, it's it's hard to comprehend uh, what those people. I couldn't have watched oh. that show. You know, I, I, uh, Tom, I would have started that show. Mom dies. I'd say, I'm out. Yeah. I just would have tapped out. I know. I'm, I would have tapped out. I could not have taken it. I don't have the intestinal fortitude to watch that tragedy. Oh, it God. just it's, tears me apart. It's tears incredible. Me apart. Then of course the the paranoid schizophrenic uh, schizophrenic brother has a breakdown. Well, you're not going to watch it anyway. It doesn't sound like so. I can tell you. <laughs> Lobs his right hand off. Ow. He cut his own hand off. Mm. So they take him to the hospital. Once he gets out of the hospital, they want to take him back to the you know the treatment center where he's been going for his paranoid schizophrenia. Yeah. They put him in prison. So I can't wait to see what happens to this guy in mm. prison. It's like, holy Christ. Oh. It is one of the most tragic shows in oh. the history of shows. I don't know. I, I don't know where the hell this is going to go because it, it, it's very well acted. I mean, the acting is terrific. Now you have that. You, know, you have that big old bowl of peanuts. You know, maybe you have a bowl of peanuts. You're, you're having. You know, I'm just going to take that bowl of peanuts. I'm going to take a big old jar of Prozac. Put it in the peanuts. <laughs> you're eating the peanuts. You know, every third or fourth, maybe you get a Prozac just to get through the show. Oh, it's like I, I think it's called "This I Know Is True." I think I think that is. Oh. But it, this the brother who's even keel. How this whole thing just weighs on him. Mark Ruffalo plays both the twins. And our scenes, you guys maybe can explain this to me because I don't know how they do this. You know how the guys have played their own twin brother yeah. before? Well, these guys can walk right up and put their arm around each other's shoulder. How do they do that? Yeah, well, they did that with Haley Mills and uh, oh, Parents that's true. Trap. That, that's, that's been around for a while. But, that, but now digitally, it's much easier to do that sort of thing. I'm so do they just superimpose the face on the body? Or they they superimpose one image on the other image digitally. Yeah, because the bro, the parrot, the schizophrenic brother is about thirty pounds heavier than Dominic, the other brother. I mean, it's amazing what they can wow. do now. Yeah, so they, they can just yeah, they can add weight. Well, yeah, and in, in in post they can do so much to add weight and change to people's physical appearance, make yeah. you look younger, make you look older. You know, they they go through these things. It's a uh, things that. Things are getting very close to, you know, not having real people. If you didn't need real people to merchandise the product. Oh, yeah. You got that right. I mean, you could just spin them up say, uh, oh, I'd like to have uh, a blonde uh, that looks like this, uh, this kind of figure. Uh, you know, spin it right up. Oh, let's get a little ink on her. You know, put some ink on her face or here, there. You know, you just, you could. 
That's happening. That's coming. That's gonna. You think someday you'll see John Wayne and Jane Mansfield in a new movie? That's right. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, it is possible. Uh, Uh, They have enough. uh, They have enough voice to uh, to do it. Yeah. Oh, they do absolutely. Andy, are you having a good day financially? What? Are you having a good day financially? I don't really know yet. Okay. They have Ralph, just begun. How are you doing financially oh, I'm, today? I'm, I'm, I'm healthy today. I'm healthy. Okay, so you're better, a lot better off than the Laughlin uh, family, yeah. the Lori Laughlin. Oh. oh. Did you see what happened to them? I did not. Oh. oh. They put their house on the market for $29 million. Yeah. Sold for 18 Well, $11 million below asking. $11 million below asking price. Oh, my God. How much did they buy it for, though, I wonder? I don't know. I can look it up and talk amongst yourself. Talk amongst yourself. Well, tell them deep and slow. In Bel Air. Oh, oh, that's nice. Nice. Tough to take. Uh, I was wrong, by the way. It was originally listed for thirty-five million, so it sold for half of what they listed it for. Yeah, well, so much, so much of real estate now is like that, where you know people aren't going to get healthy. This is no, know, no, you're not, not going to get healthy anymore. on real estate, and there's and those those expensive houses. I mean, there's not, there's just I no think one re- wants really it. that ripple down effect of people. Why do you want this giant <laughs> house that has so this so much responsibility, so much cost to to take care of? You know, why do you want all that cash going out? Why don't you buy two or three places, you know, one in New York, one in yeah, Paris, yeah. one in London, and uh, knock around uh, from place to place. Or you have one in L.A. too. They throw, throw, it, throw an L.A. one in too. So it just I – don't, I don't see you – know, I think this – I think the new, I guess, use philosophy with regards to not having a lot of encumbrances is, is really a key part of that, and it's going to start floating down. But to – I just can't imagine what a hassle that would be. You got this house, and you oh well, you know, and the toilet backed up. Oh, it's going to cost you know, mm-hmm. you know fifty thousand right. dollars to clear everything out. And, oh, by the way, you know that that Picasso you have, geez, it's hard to get those poop stains out of the Picasso. It's just it's just a mess. The play it can be just a mess. And this, oh, I love that painting. You know, they're just it's not worth it. Not worth the emotional effort, as far as I'm concerned. No, the emotional it's not. baggage is not worth it. By the way, they paid $14 million for the home five years ago and put several million into it to upgrade it and renovate it. They sold it for $18 million, which means they lost money. But what does the newspaper say? Variety notes, uh, they're still making money from the sale, just not as much as they hoped for. Mm, That's a flat-out lie. They didn't make any money. I mean, taxes alone, I'm holding that place. I have no idea how much they paid on that. Oh, God, can you imagine? Years ago, friends of ours had a lake, uh, a home on Lake Minnetonka. They were, and this was, and this was a modest uh, kind of home, relatively speaking, mm-hmm. on a little bit of uh, acreage on the lake. Mm-hmm. They were paying $100 a day in taxes. Yeah, that's pretty gross. We got a friend, 1000 a day, 365 Gs a year in property tax. Well, he's on 15 acres on Minnetonka, though. Fifteen acres. Oh, of even... He lives right down the block from you. Oh, oh, my neighbor, <laughs> I, a good friend. Yeah, I'm sure he's a close friend, close personal friend. Yeah, it's uh, those are odd, odd choices. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I would never be able to. I hate paying interest to yeah, begin we, with. I but... guess you could have all the you could have all the money in the world. You don't have, but it just seems like the opportunity cost of just the taxes. You know, I'd, yep. I'd much rather have a condo someplace, a couple condos, yeah. knocking around. There you got you that go. much money. Why do you got this giant house? I it, agree. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But we will take a break. Come back with hour two with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? 
Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant walls automotive group walls.com and doug sprinthal Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking. So when you're backing up, you hit the screen, and it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle. It is, And it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right. Be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. <laughs> so, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Well, don't worry. There you go. Oh, there you go. Get down, get down. We gotta hear a little bit of this. Mm-hmm. This is Jungle Boogie. Now that is great music. It is. Funky stuff. Wait a minute, you gotta play a little singing. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> the boogie. I'll get it on. Let's hear the uh, Tarzan yell at the end. It's at the very, very end. It's at the very end of the song. All right, let's see here. And Victor Treadwell will be dancing. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> the end. I told Victor, you hear Tarzan yell, stop dancing, man. <laughs> Oh, that is the greatest. Oh, that their music, cool in the gang, phenomenal. And after he talks about his exposure to all those unbelievable jazz musicians. Oh, Thelonious Monk. You know, and they go, he goes, uh, you know, you just, you know, it's, you want to, you can see it in that music in a, in a, in a way that's different. So they reinterpreted all that stuff. They reinterpreted yeah, they that yeah. jazz that's exactly uh, in a modern way or a more current way or different way, uh, and people really enjoyed that. And you are stimulated by jazz uh, rhythms and jazz uh, harmonics uh, in a unique way. Very mathematical. Very cool. I couldn't agree more. Just that a lot of talent, and they're, uh, well, he's been doing it now since he was 13 years old. Smart men. Smart men that do years. that. Yeah, I agree. I agree, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> What the hell is this? State officials, state health officials in Minnesota 
are monitoring an increase in the positivity rate of diagnostic tests for COVID-19 in Minnesota, which has come over the past week and lockstep with a rise in confirmed cases. Now there's a travel ban to New York. Minnesota health officials question New York travel restriction. Also, they don't want to do it. They're thinking about doing it. Well, what they do, well, I'm sorry. New York is going to keep people from coming in, or people oh, from New York. Gonna, you can't go there from here. Well, that makes no. Well, that <clears throat> makes no sense because New York and New Jersey, if you look at the numbers, they've reached what some people believe are a herd immunity, and their death rate has just dropped to almost zero almost in New, zero. New Jersey and New York. <clears throat> death rate in a in lot New of York places City. is very, very low now. Yeah, and oh. it's you know, <clears throat> yes, they're getting more cases, but those those well, you know, it, but the. It, Symptomatic cases, you know, symptomatic positive cases in the United States is less than 1%. Right. Less, less than, than 1%. 1% of the people have had have have this. So it's a, odd, it's a very odd kind of a thing. I it don't... would seem that the vast majority of people who were going to die from it already got it and died from it, basically. Well, it depends on the area. Yes. <clears throat> it depends on the area. But once you get to a certain, a certain level of immunity, and some people say that may, if it's test positive immunity or, an, or antibody positive immunity, some people say that only needs to be 20% because there's a 60% incidence, some people have said, of 60% incidence of T-cell immunity, which is already have. Mm-hmm. And they point toward the fact that only about 20% of the people on that cruise ship uh, was at the Diamond Princess in uh, Tokyo or in, in, in Japan, that only 20% of the people who are in that cruise ship pretty much doing everything else did, only 20% got the stuff. Right. The rest didn't get it. So there's a reason why they didn't get it, probably from uh, innate immunity from yeah. other coronavirus exposures in the past. Yeah, because every coronavirus is pretty similar to every other coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So if you get one of them, then odds are you're either going to be immune or at least resistant to every yeah. other one. So, so it's uh, New York uh, today. New York today added Minnesota to its COVID-19 travel restriction list, meaning that travelers from this state will need to fill out a disclosure form and quarantine themselves for two weeks upon arrival. So you and I just couldn't go to see a play in New York and have dinner and come home. Nope. Can't do it. Oh, this is this is this is absolute insanity. The well, governors are really liking this uh, emergency power thing, aren't oh, they? Oh, God, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's why it's supposed to be so hard for them to get it and so hard for them to keep it. But they just, you know, they just, I don't know why the legislature just, oh, yeah, you should have that. You should have that. Yeah, do it. You know, I I don't know. I'm done with with it. And I'm not, I just am not as concerned about it as uh, I have been in the past. Well, listen to this. The number of Minnesotans hospitalized for COVID-19 declined yesterday to 236 including 107 people needing intensive care. Both are the lowest daily hospital figures in Minnesota since April 15th. Wow. So two months. Three months. Three months. Excuse me. It's July 15th or 14th. (laughs) Yes, it is. July 4th. Three months. It's the lowest number, and they still say, oh, you can't come here if you're from Minnesota. Mm. What the hell is that? Yeah, and they have herd immunity. So really, they shouldn't. So you'll say, who cares? Who cares? It's just not going anywhere. It's not going to go anywhere if you, if you have it and get there. Yeah, so. exactly. Why do you think it is that, that Cuomo put all those sick people in old folks' homes? What the hell was he thinking? Yeah, he, should, he should be uh, held for uh, – he, sh- he should be responsible for those deaths. I agree. He should be responsible for those deaths. He should face uh, court hearings yeah, as a result of that. pretty negligent. Oh, yeah. It's a, yeah, ne- yeah on his best. Part. Yeah. Oh, they finally did what we predicted on this show would happen last week. 
that these tough guys with the city of Minneapolis, they're going to defund the police department. But there's one thing they added at the end here, which we talked about last week. Uh, What you need to know about the proposal to end the Minneapolis Police Department, voters would have the final say. It ain't going to happen. No. I'm here to tell you, they copped out with this whole tough guy thing, oh, let's defund the police. Now you have every every chance to defund the police. Oh, we should give the voters a voice because you know it ain't going to happen. No. And you don't want blame for doing it. No. Well, the voters did it. Yeah, well, they've taken the police officers out of the schools. And, oh, uh, huge mistake! Oh, huge mistake! We'll talk about talk about it's it's a season for attorneys. They're going to be able to sue. One kid gets hurt because a cop wasn't there. <clears throat> oh, one, oh, God! One person gets hurt. Oh, might as well just write that check. No, you are absolutely right about that. Do you think? I mean, seriously, looking at all these things and all the rest of it, what is it? Who who are the ones that want to want to just lock down life like this? Why do they? Is it just a control issue? They want to control everybody and everything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah they want to. Con- yeah. They, and they want, have this ego thing. It's an ego. You know, they're on TV and oh, they have this power. You know, I just have this magic wand and I can just. Uh, it's edict. These edicts by fiat. Oh, and, and and I think they have this. They're it's a, it's their power, uh, crazy. They yeah. just said, love that power, and particularly being on TV. Oh, I just love being mm-hmm. on TV. I yeah, well, that's keep my true. power so I can be on TV. That's I'm so true. important. Look how many cameras are here. Oh, look how many microphones I have. You know, it's like your uh, your uh, uh, for men for men only. It seems like your genitals are, are directly proportional to the number of uh, uh, microphones you have on the on the podium. It's right. just stupid. <clears throat> it is. Yeah. So you know. I, and I, I wear a mask, try to protect patients and things like that, and do do that sort of thing. And I, and I think some of the changes with regards to checking people's temperature, you know, if someone rolls into a doctor's office, your temperature should be checked, because if you're if yeah. you're if you're, you're walking in and you're 102, yeah, maybe we don't have you in the lobby very long, right. or maybe you shouldn't be here. You know, there are these little screens. There, it's a little computer screen. Like if you take an iPad and turned it on its side yeah. so it's longer. And you can look into it, lean into it, and it can read your temperature. Yeah. And they, they have one at Golden Valley, and they want you to check your temperature before you come in the building. My temperature generally, eh, most often, is around between 96.8 um, and 97.8. Yeah, I run cold, too. I run a little cold. <clears throat> a woman comes out and goes, did you just take your temperature on there? And this woman was probably maybe 40. In really good shape, very thin, you know, the whole deal. I said, did you take your temperature? And I said, yeah. She goes, well, is it accurate? I said, it was weird at first, but then it readjusted and gave me my real temperature. She goes, oh, thank God. And I said, why? She goes, she, it said her temperature was 118. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, if she had 118, she'd be dead. She'd so. be dead. So. Yeah. She'd be in a furnace. I'm you can't, you sure. can't get that high. No. You'd be in a furnace. 118. No. Once degrees. you get anywhere near there, you're dead, then your temperature is going to start dropping. Was it about a buck five? Is about as high as you can get. Uh, yeah, about, yeah, you get 105, 106, but then you your body really gets me- your it brain messes with your cooking, brain. Yeah. yeah, you get the seizures and not good. No, it's not you good. That's why you got to watch. I actually wonder highest recorded temperature. Highest recorded <laughs> human temperature. It's got to be. I would imagine 106 has got to be yeah, my, pretty my, much. When top my dad of was hurt, his temperature was 105. <clears throat> was it an adult? Yeah, 105. He was in ice bath. Oh, they dropped man. him in ice bath. My mom and my uncle took care of him. And, 
1980, Willie Jones of Atlanta was admitted to the hospital with heat stroke and a temperature of 115 degrees. Holy God! <laughs> and somehow he survived. He did? Yeah. 115. Well, maybe the woman was 118 then. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> she that's, looked awfully uh, healthy for 118. Yeah, that's yeah, that's like almost 10 degrees past brain damage. I don't know how the hell he lived. I wonder if their equipment was faulty. I do wonder. Yeah, you, yeah, you wonder like, if that on. thermometer, you know, was that what kind of thermometer was that? Well, <laughs> and it does say survived, but not, you know. Well, well yeah, it that's right. Functioning. Yeah. yeah the, what, what's the quality of his survival or his life yeah. after you have in your brain at 100? Man. This is a story not worth spending a lot of time on, but I have to read it. An attorney representing one of the former Minneapolis police officers charged with killing George Floyd accused Attorney General Keith Ellison of contempt of court and asked that he be sanctioned, escalating tensions between prosecutors and defense attorneys. (laughs) They don't want the Attorney General anywhere near the courthouse. Defendant by and through counsel respectfully moves the court for an order holding Keith Ellison, the Attorney General from Minnesota, and lead prosecutor in the above-captioned case in contempt of court and ordering sanctions as a result of his actions well, what did he do? Or not do. Um, it says here, um, Tuesday, objecting to Ellison issuing a news release on Monday about the case after Judge Peter Cahill issued a gag order. Ooh, you can't do that. He issued a gag order. You can't, if you're Attorney General, you can't go on television and say what it was. Right? Nope, that's right. And there and there's threats that, well, that if, the, if there's more media discussion and continued uh, discussion of this case in, bro- in broadcast media right. that, uh, that he'll move the trial. Yeah, they're going to end up moving that oh, trial. they're going to have to. They're going to have to. And where are you going to move it to? What person well, in the world hasn't heard about good this? Point. We've got to take a break. Be right back. Danny Clinch will join us. More talk about music, man. We love music talk. Be right back with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walls Around Motor Group, Walls.com, and Doug Sprinthal. Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking. So when you're backing up, you hit the screen, and it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle. It is, And it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right. Be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. (laughs) 
So, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Stroke me, stroke me. Indeed. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. All I Can Say, a new documentary, a rare autobiography of Shannon Hoon, the late lead singer of the rock band Blind Melon. The uh, film was created solely with Hoon, the Shannon Hoon, of course. Uh, his own footage, voice, music stands as a masterful cinematic achievement completed 23 years after his death. So there you have it. For more information on a full list of play dates and locations for All I Can Say, you can visit allicansay.oscilloscope.net. Oscilloscope.net. Allicansay.oscilloscope.net. Danny Clinch with us. How you doing, Danny? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're having a great day. We already had Ronald Bell on from Cool and the Gang. Now we get to talk to you. It's been a great music day here on the show. Bell, fantastic. Oh, Ronald Bell is about as good as it gets. The film. Uh, so, Danny, the, the, he started. The, now, he's been dead, what, 20 some years? 20, 23 years. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I read that. Yeah. Uh, so, how did this all come together in this uh, day and age? Well, you know, um, I'm a photographer and a filmmaker, and I got my start photographing, uh, you know, in hip hop and, and, uh, and indie rock early on. And, um, I was photographing the band Live, if you're familiar with them, mm -hmm. uh, and they were on the 120 Minutes tour with Blind Melon, Big Audio Dynamite, and uh, Public Image Limited. And so when I was I was there, I met the guys in Blind Melon. They were one of the first bands to invite me on the road uh, into the recording studio. We all became fast friends, and I was you know going to Europe with them and spent a lot of time with them. And you know things were really you know. Uh, we're going, you know, pretty well career-wise for them, and um, and uh, there was, you know, and then Shannon passed away, mm -hmm. and uh, it was really, it was, it was really rough uh, after that, and uh, we gave many, you know, put it aside for many years, but I kept in touch with uh, the band and uh, Shannon's partner Lisa, who's the mother of his daughter Nico. Mm -hmm. And as we were bringing this project together, we were kind of doing a traditional Blind Melon documentary. And they offered us um, a box filled with high video video cassettes that um, that Shannon had shot. And I know he shot a lot because I was with him. You know, he always had a camera. He was kind of mm -hmm. obsessive about it. He would carry it everywhere and and uh, and film everything. And um, at a certain point, through conversations, we we thought, how interesting would it be to create a film through Shannon's own eyes and through his own point of view because he was he was so um, uh, so good at capturing everything around him that we uh, we thought there was an opportunity there I think it's just a I got to get this out of out of the way Danny very quickly um, blind lemon chitlin remember that name Mm -hmm. <laughs> Was that based on Blind Melon? I've all, always wondered that. And I've never gotten to ask anybody that. Is that where well, they got the name? Uh, there's Blind Melon, uh, uh, Blind Lemon Jefferson as well. Right. Uh, yeah, you know what? Um, blind Melon, I, it was my understanding, uh, was a term that that um, Brad uh, Brad Smith's um, father used on the kids when they were just like 
sitting around doing nothing. They're blind melons. <laughs> they call them blind melons. You know, like, hey, you're just sitting around, good for nothing type. And uh, and I think that's that's where it came from. So uh, it's a great yeah, name. I, I know. Yeah, it's a great name. It's a great name. So, Danny, I'm going to blame it on you when I call anybody a blind melon. Say, Danny Clinch told me I could call you that if you're an idiot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that works for me. Uh, do nothing. Yeah, a bunch of do yeah. nothing sitting around. It, it's, uh, you know, the music business is so fascinating. As I said, just talked to Ronald Bell from Cool and the Gang, talking to you right now about uh, it is impossible to to measure the the width and the depth and the height of, of music in and of itself. I mean, even just popular music, if you just go with pop music, you know, we throw in an R and R and B and hip hop and, and rock and roll and all the rest of it. It is so gigantic with talent. There's so much talent in America. You know, around the world obviously, but you know, in America the talent is is amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that um look, music for for most people is uh it helps you celebrate. You know, it'll get you through the rough times. It, it, the memories it brings back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like when you think of uh, No Rain, you know, you think about the '90s and where you were at that time. Um, and, uh, and really, uh, Shannon uh, documented a lot of that stuff. He was real curious about culture, and you can see that in the film. There's a lot. He filmed the television set. He filmed his child being born. He filmed his demos uh, in hotel rooms breaking hotel rooms, uh, the, the birth of his daughter, as I said. And, uh, and, and so he, he really, the film is, you know, it, it, we strayed from the typical uh, sort of blind melon documentary, quote-unquote, and it becomes more about this guy who became famous and filmed his life from for five years before he got famous right up until the day that he died. And um, I feel like there's, you know, it's a film that you don't have to be a Blind Melon fan to love. It's a film that mm-hmm. is intriguing from a construction standpoint. How how uh, Taryn Gould and Colleen, my co-directors, you know, cut the thing together, did the editing, told the story, and created something that I think is beyond just a typical uh, rock and roll documentary. And, and for that, I think it's I think it's interesting for people who love films uh, as well as music fans. So, you, Danny, you've been around the business for at least a quarter of a, ten, a century, correct? Yeah, we're, not, yeah. we're, not, we're not telling anybody <laughs> that. No, it's important because I, I was just looking at the, you know, the biography uh, of, uh, uh, you know, uh, of Blind Melon and of Shannon Hoon and your involvement and all the rest yeah. of it. When you look, and I, uh, at the time, by the way, well, before they, they started, but uh, from 1977 to 1983, I was the promotion director at, at Capitol Records in the Midwest. Oh. And watching what happened to that business in that five-year period, about 10 years before No Rain came out, was that 92, correct, I think? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, 10 years before, we went from album sales and single sales, and it was all vinyl, and that was all the rest of it. And then by, you know, within the next six, seven years, all of a sudden digital started showing up, and little bits of it, not really getting involved too much. But watching all of a sudden the CDs came out. It was no longer vinyl. The CDs came out, and that changed the music completely, the business completely. And then MTV, obviously, 
uh, got more and more powerful. That was a big part of of, uh, of Blind Melon, right? I mean, MTV, the airplay yeah. on MTV is a huge part of their success, correct? Oh, they played uh, that Sam Bear uh, video for No Rain three times a day. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, they had the ability to really blow a band up. And the funny thing is, is that was like the third single off the record. They had kind of given up on getting a hit. Uh-huh. And they were like, they were still on the road, so they just decided to to drop drop that one and see what happens. And the video, you know, became part of uh, pop culture. Uh, so it was interesting, for sure. And, you know, MTV um, did do that for us. There, were, there was a whole change in culture in the way things... Our band, the big uh, MTV hit for us at Capitol Records, uh, well, there were several of them, you know, but uh, Simon LeBon and the boys got together yeah. and uh, with Duran Duran and just blew up on MTV about the exact same well maybe maybe a little yeah a little earlier than that but but not yeah. all that much yeah, about 7 years earlier than that but but yeah. uh, and then of course people started stealing music off digital made the business even harder i mean it's a mm-hmm. do people realize what a bitch of a business the the first basically the rock and roll business is it's a tough business man Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's already tough, you know, people making bad deals, um, you know, uh, young kids just wanting to have a record contract. Yeah. You think of uh, all the way back to, you know, the blues and early rock and roll people, you know, getting screwed and not uh, knowing how important their publishing rights are and all those things. So we've seen all that change and then Napster and then, you know, now we're in the age of streaming and, and, uh, you know, some people are still holding out, although I, I think, you know, you just have to find different ways for revenue. So bands, uh, including Blind Melon, are making new music. Blind Melon has um, uh-huh. a singer named Travis Warren, who's a great guy, a great singer, songwriter. Uh, they just dropped a couple of new tunes, which is cool. Uh, they're great tunes. They have a great feel to them. Um, but, yeah, you know, uh, people have to, you know, you have to tour. And now we're in the middle of COVID and people can't tour. Right. So, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you're, it's touring and merchandising these days in order to make some money. And uh, it's a rough time right now for everyone, including myself, who's in the music industry, uh, you know, photographing musicians. For oh, yeah. And you can't, you can't get, get to them. No, no. I was supposed to introduce, uh, last month I was supposed to introduce Alice Cooper at Treasure Island Casino, and of course it never happened, and I was like, that that would have been fun. You know, I mean, I've met Alice before, but it would have been a lot of fun to do that, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Danny, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us today, ladies and gentlemen. Again, allicansay.oscilloscope.net. That's allicansay.oscilloscope.net. Danny Clinch, thank you, sir. Have a magnificent day. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. We'll be back with the family. Cheers. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry, This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. 
Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. What the hell was Nirvana's uh, album? That, that... Nevermore or whatever? Evermore? Never mind. Never mind. There you go. Yeah, never mind. That, Andy was, we were just talking off the air again because having Danny on to talk about this stuff that, <clears throat> that nobody buys albums anymore. They don't buy music that way any longer. Uh, it's all digital now, so they buy one unit at a time. Yep. No, they, no <clears throat> they don't buy one unit. They buy a listening unit. Well, yeah, they buy Spotify or something you like listen, that. You listen to it. It's not like you buy the song and listen to it over and over and over again. Right. You buy one listening of the song, then you come back and buy one listening to the song. So it is. Oh, a, okay. It's a. It's a. You know, before you would you would if when you when they had oh the free downloads you steal the music you would download half then you right. could listen to it. Now you just you're streaming so you stream it once then you stream it again so you never most of the time you never really own the song or have right. the song. You know what's kind wow. of unfortunate about that, in a way, because I remember being a teenager, and I've always, like I said, I, I started playing drums when I was 11 years old, singing some and doing all that stuff. Uh, one of the great thrills for me was to go to Musicland or Music City in downtown Minneapolis, right at the corner of 7th and Hennepin. There was a Music City store and a Music Land right across the street. They would be now where, where 7, that place is, that's where Music City was. And I don't even know what's on the... The southern corner on on the west side there. It had been on the same side of the street, but across uh, 7th Street. So same side of Hennepin, but on the same, uh, but across the street on 7th Street. <clears throat> but in any case, to go in there and buy an album that I've been waiting, you know, to come out, because albums back then were like 5 bucks, maybe $6, something like that. But to bring it home and to have it in your hand was a huge part of it. You know, the pictures and the, you know... Oh, liner notes. The descriptor, the liner notes were a huge part of the business. Now they don't do any of that stuff anymore. And it's I think it's changed the music industry a lot because you're not just not as involved as you used to be. Huh. You yeah, know? Yeah, you're right. You're not as involved. You, you don't... You're not reading who... You're not there reading who wrote the music, who did this, you know, notes about why it was done or... Other, this, you know, they and there's no they don't have the creativity that went into the album itself, so you don't get the big, uh, uh, big, big uh, uh, joint rolling paper, yeah. Oh, <laughs> from from uh, from Cheech and John, Cheech yeah, and that's exactly right. You brought blind, blind melon chitlin up, blind melon chitlin, baby. Cheech and John, blind melon chitlin. I looked it up actually. What so blind lemon uh, Jefferson was a person who was blind and his name was Lemon, so hence the name Blind Lemon. Blind Melon Chitlin was a parody of Blind Lemon Jefferson. Oh, he was. Okay. And then Blind Melon was a takeoff of Blind Melon Chitlin. So. No. Oh, that's how it worked out. Is it yep. really? So yep. Blind Melon Chitlin. Yeah, that was from like the seventies. Oh yeah, Cheech. That was, oh. 
Hot so, yeah, Blind, Blind Melon took their name from uh, Blind Melon Chitlin. <laughs> Blind Melon Chitlin. <laughs> Danny didn't bring that up when I asked him about that. He, didn't, he was a little, maybe maybe little embarrassed by the way they were Maybe that's something I like to forget. Maybe. That's one thing I got so lucky in, early in my life, working you know, in radio early and then getting in the music business for six years and learning about all of that stuff. It really has been great talking. Because most of these guys I talk to, I, I've never met Danny before, never met Ronald Bell before either, but... Uh, met most of the people in the business, so when we talk, it's like, hey, remember this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, it was, it was I to remember that. Yeah, it's just a, I've been very, very fortunate in my life there. And the yeah. other thing is, I'm the only guy in America, as we pointed out on the KQ Morning Show, I'm the only guy in America that gets compared to both Rush Limbaugh and the way far left. Mm-hmm. That's not easy to achieve. I just want you to know that. And you're only the only person in America who is uh, so far so far right, yet still has interviewed more comedians and more musicians than probably anybody else in the United States. <laughs> That's probably think, true. Uh, really. yeah. So uh, your your rightness certainly has put all those people who yeah. generally are, are left thinking, you know, yeah. have put have put them all off. No, uh, it's true. Yeah, uh, that was Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, this is unbelievable, and I want to ask you about this. As a doctor in America today, oh. did you see the latest figures about the people who have lost their insurance coverage no. in the last three months? From February to May, so it was February, well, so it was February 19th, so May, June, excuse me, February, March, April, May, so a 90-day period, 5.4 million people no longer have health care. Because they got it from work. Uh, yep. Yep. They probably got it. They got it from work, and therefore they don't have health care coverage at all anymore. (laughs) Over the course of a year, from 2008 to 2009, an estimated 3.9 million laid-off workers lost their health insurance in the recession. That was an annual record at the time, but the pandemic already has shattered that. Reports in the New York Times, an assessment by the nonpartisan group Families USA, uh, concludes that 5.4 million workers lost their health care, their health insurance. Between February and May, and that figure counts only the laid-off workers, not affected family members. So that's just the workers getting laid off. So it's probably up around 15 million. 15 or 20. 15 or 20 million people have lost their health insurance. Look, we can't do Medicare for all. It's just not possible to get it done. It would be way too expensive. I mean, all of our money would go to to, to tax uh, to income taxes. Oh yeah, well yeah. You, you 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 simply cannot afford you know no. this luxurious kind of plan for everybody. So you really have to have some sort of a plan that is a safety net for uh, emergency care, right. for absolute needed care, yeah. and then all these other things that you know healthcare covers that may or may not be necessary really have to be unfortunately limited. Uh, you know, you just there there's some things that if you if have they have to figure out some sort of a system to give you immunizations, give you all the things that are proven to be beneficial, and then uh, aside from that, well, then you're going to have to be paying for it out your pocket. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they should give you they should give you uh, treatment for smoking, but if you continue smoking, you know, yeah, all the complications yeah, of smoking, exactly. you know, it's it's it it's sad, but you. you know. You kept smoking, and we gave you an opportunity to stop smoking. We're going to give you the free give. We'll give people the free shantix, the free nicotine mm-hmm. patches, free counseling, just to stop the smoking. But you know, no, they, 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 you can't 
You have to, that's what you have to do. You have to limit it somehow. Certain yes. things have been proven, like immunizations for children, <clears throat> one of the best things ever. Prenatal care, best things ever. Got to do it. Got to right, right. have that. And you should be able to have those things. Uh, you know, certain kind of standard uh, tests for pre, uh, early cancer detection, colonoscopy, uh, you know, prostate, again, <clears throat> prostate exams, mammograms, those sort of things, key things. But other stuff, you know, some other stuff, like if you got your nose broken, you know, maybe your nose is crooked. Well, you know, maybe you should you should have to pay for get that fixed. Maybe you shouldn't drink and then get in fist fights. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah. Get a, don't get into a, you know, fisticuffs, you know, if you've even drinking. I mean, I, so how many people a year die from smoking cigarettes? Oh, I, I, I don't know what, what the death well, If we're just talking lung cancer deaths, <laughs> lung which cancer deaths. is not all of them. You know, there's heart close. disease deaths, too, because yeah. it, 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 it does that. Um, but there's but you have to also include uh, bladder cancer deaths, right. pancreatic cancer deaths, right. esophageal cancer deaths, which are not a, a large number. Um, lung cancer is about 150,000 a year. Jesus. Uh, that's see. just lung cancer. That's just lung cancer. Well, 25,000 a year are drunk driving. Yeah. Or inattentive driving, drunk driving. 25,000 a year. Okay, so I have a question. Oh, here we go. You got it? Uh, about 20% of cardiac deaths are because of smoking, so that would be another 160,000 right there. So it's 330,000 so, so far. Yeah, yeah, we're at about the, well, 310,000. 310,000. 310,000. We'll let's make it 350. We'll throw in all the other cancers, the bladder cancers from smoking. Yeah, because right. between cardiac and lung cancer, that's probably almost all smoking-related deaths. 350? So, yeah, about three, although the CDC somehow got... The number four hundred eighty thousand. Oh, when all well, they're including yeah. forty thousand for secondhand smoke, apparently. Oh, that makes sense. It's still About, cigarettes. Yeah, four hundred. So they say four hundred eighty thousand per oh year. My God, That's a lot. So we're boxing. We're boxing almost a half a million people per year, and we still got legal cigarettes. We still have legal cigarettes, and now let's work on obesity. What's that? Another three, four hundred thousand a year. Oh God! Probably way more than that. I think way more than so. Basically, when you you you're, you get down now, COVID nineteen has killed how many people in America? About one hundred and twenty. One hundred thirty. Not is it one hundred thirty? I think it was one hundred thirty-five. Like one hundred. Make it one hundred forty. Okay, so this is going to go over a million in a heartbeat, and we're all terrified of COVID, and yet we smoke and drink and eat like bastards. That okay? See, obesity is three hundred thousand per year. Yeah, three hundred thousand a year. That's oh, what I thought. I thought so, it was going to be way so more. Eight hundred thousand. So yeah, eight hundred thousand yeah. just so from smoking and obesity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, and then drug deaths, overdose deaths. How many of those a year? Not. A huge amount. Oh, I bet you it's a lot higher than you'd think. I bet you at least 100,000 people a year. Overdose deaths per year. 67,000. No, so I was wrong. Okay, well, Well, it's basically a million a year between overdose deaths, smoking, and obesity. Another so a million uh, people a year. Another derelict choices that mm-hmm. people make. You know, right. uh, you know, Ooh, derelict choice. I like it. You know, if if you look at uh, inattentive driving, drunk driving, um, there's another twenty five. You know, you're right up at a million, and you know yeah. we don't even we don't get a line score for that. You know, we should know we should have. Uh, they just don't care. And don't that's care. Uh, out of two point eight million total. So that's a almost half of all deaths in the U.S. Because 2.8 million people die in the U.S. per year. Yeah. Almost half of all deaths are due to those three things. 
Uh, well, I mean, we'll say a third, but that's right. still, you know, a third of all deaths. Well, so you got 135,000 people dying of COVID and everybody's in mass panic. Yet go ahead and smoke and drink and, and overdose and, and get as fat as you want. And yep. we're still going to text while we drive because, you know, we just don't oh my care. God. There was know? a woman again yesterday. She almost ran right into me head on because she was looking at her phone. Almost head on. It would have been just phenomenal. All right, we got to wrap it up. So cheer up after hearing that great news. COVID's not going to kill everybody because obesity, cigarette smoke, alcohol, and drugs will get to them first. I love it when people who are like smoke and drink a lot are talking about how dangerous COVID is. It's like... (laughs) I know. It's like you're in a burning building and you're worried about the air quality. Outside. Maybe maybe take care of the building first. So you're talking talking about the people with the the heater in one hand and the martini in the other. And all this COVID... Get that mask on. They got a gunshot wound and they're worried about the power lines overhead causing their <laughs> Exactly. That's gonna do it. We'll talk to you on Monday with the family.